When I say target, what pops into your head? Is it the pin? Is it the middle of the fairway? How do you choose a target? And what are the best practices for choosing a target depending on the shot we need to hit? Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf. Thank you for being here. Very much appreciate it. Yeah, today's topic is one that I think is really fascinating, and it's about the the art and the science behind choosing a target. And it, it kind of registered in my head over the weekend as we were watching golf. And some of the commentators were talking about what the players were using as targets as they were lining up off to, to hit their tee ball. And uh, they were talking about, it was Xander Shoffley, and they were talking about what he was aiming at and you know what kind of shot he was going to play. And, and based on where the camera angle was, and it was pretty close to right behind him, I was thinking to myself, that's not his target. That is, I don't know what these guys are talking about, but that is not what he's aiming, aiming at, which kind of started my brain, and my brain t- tends to do this, um, focus around, okay, target. How do we choose a target? How did Xander Shoffley choose this target? And it led me into sort of a, a memory of a, a, an occasion where, and I've talked about Thane a lot, and Thane is a good buddy of mine, and very much, he, he's the one who introduced me to Fred Shoemaker, and sort of began me on and helped me on this journey to golf exploration in in new fascinating ways so I'm indebted to him but we we play a lot of golf together and we tend to get kind of in the weeds when we talk about golf and when we play golf together so it's always kind of fun we're competitive and we always got something going on some sort of side thing going on but it's very friendly and and very enjoyable and just kind of a way for us to make sure that we're to keep our heads into the game where we don't get too far out thinking about other things. So we've always got sort of a side thing going on, but Thane and I like to work on stuff that we've worked on with Fred Shoemaker. And one of those things is having a commitment when you play. So one day we were discussing just on the first tee, ready to tee off. We were discussing our commitments and we had been talking a lot about targets and different things before. And I don't remember which one of us kind of came up with the idea, but we threw it out there. Hey, why don't we audibly call our target for this round? On every tee shot, we will call our target and and communicate it to the other person. We'll make sure that we both see where this target is. And let's just kind of see how that goes. Let's see what it does for our, and that would be our commitment for the day. And so we did. So every tee, we would get on and say, hey, this is is my intention. I'm going to hit the ball here. This is my target. And then we'd even say, you know, I'm going to shape it or I'm going to hit a straight ball or whatever it is. But we would call our target. And I think both of us, as we went throughout the round, were fascinated and so amazed at how well we were performing. That somehow or another communicating that audibly to our playing partner and letting them know this is our target communicated to our bodies so they would react properly and send the ball towards that target. And we weren't trying anything different or anything else. It was literally just making sure that we were very clear on what our target was. So clear that we could explain it to the other person. The other person could understand it too. Somehow or another in that process, choosing that target and making it very defined improved our performance. 
Okay, so that's kind of where this all came from. So how do we choose targets? And that started me on this whole idea of targets. And I've thought about targets and how to choose targets. I've noticed that sometimes when you're nervous and you put your game under pressure situations, staying focused on a target becomes more difficult. That's just a tendency that I have. So all of these things with targets becomes very important. But also there's an art to choosing a target. And we've talked about this a little bit in the past that our brains aren't really good at taking the negative out of a thought. So if we get onto a T and we say to ourselves, don't hit it out of bounds, our brain basically hears out of bounds. Or if we say, don't go in the water on the left, we just hear water on the left. And that is becoming somehow a target. But a lot of times when we have thought a negative thought before we pull the club back, we find that unfortunately the ball is now going towards that thing that we were most worried about, right? So that is something to consider. One of the very best ways then to overcome negative thought is to be very definitive and very clear in our minds about what our target is and force everything else out. Just be so focused on the target. That's the only thing that we're able to focus on. That's it. And I've done this a variety of different ways. I've pictured big lighted signs around a target. I've picked big you know, mountains in the back, whatever, something that I'm super, super fascinated in. I've created images in my head, whatever you have to do to make sure that your brain and your body understands that is where I want the ball to go. That way, that direction, very, very clear on that. Okay, the next step. So that's how we deal with choosing a target, keeping the negative thoughts out of our mind when we're on the tee. Now, the next step, we want to make sure that we're, if we're pulling the driver, We've now want, we now want to hit the ball as far as we possibly can, right? If you want to hit it less than as far as you possibly can, maybe choose something less than driver. Pull your three wood, right? But if we're going to hit the driver, now we want to hit, we want to hit maximum distance. We want to hit it out there. Let's make sure that we choose a target that is clear out there. You know, 500, uh, a mile away, whatever it is. Because if we choose something that's, say, 150 yards out there, we're communicating to our body that that's all, that's our target. We want to hit it somewhere around there. It, this became very, very interesting to me just one day when I was working on target and I chose a target that was the 150 yard marker. And I, I hit this, I hit this ball that was kind of a doinky little sort of a cutoff slicey kind of a thing that ended up sitting next to the 150 marker. And I thought to myself, are you kidding? Whoa that I was just so uh, impressed that my body reacted that way, that it did just this weird cutoff swing that I, I felt and experienced. And, and lo and behold, the ball is now sitting next to the 150 yard marker. That is amazing. That is brilliant. Okay, that drove it to me, to me that I need to now make sure that I am way beyond that 150-yard mark. I am down there 500 yards, past the green, whatever, because I want to draw myself to, to put full energy, full effort into hitting that ball as far as I possibly can. So that's what we want to focus on. Okay, so that's for the driver. We want to make sure it's very clear and definitive, and we want to make sure that it's far enough away where we're getting everything out of our driver we possibly can. Boom. Okay, now let's move to a, say, a three-wood. Now, a three wood, say on a par five, is a little bit different. We're going to have, if we're going for the green, we've got some trouble. 
So now we need to pick a spot where we want the ball to land and roll out. So it finishes somewhere up near the green. Now, if we're actually just blasting it as far as we can, then let's choose something back behind the green so we can still have the benefit of hitting as far as we possibly can. Great, right? So if we can't reach the green and we're going to hit this thing as far as we can, choose something beyond the green and just let it fly. But if we're really trying to roll this thing up on the green, anywhere near the green, now let's pick a spot somewhere in front of the green to avoid trouble and let the ball release and roll up onto the green. So now we're choosing a, a very specific spot. And let's make that spot clear in our minds. That becomes the target. Super clear, super definitive. That's the spot. And then let's see how it goes. Put a good swing on it. Don't get caught up all in your head. Stay outside. Stay focused on the target. Let the swing happen and let's see how the ball does. Does it land somewhere near that spot? And then watch how it releases. When the game becomes super imaginative, when you're picturing a ball landing on a spot and releasing and going up to the hole and then things start happening that are very similar to what you're imagining, that's a really cool place to play golf from. Okay, now approach shots. Same kind of a thing, right? If we're hitting a seven iron or whatever, let's make sure that we choose a target that is safe. So many of us as amateurs think that we are far better players than we are, we put ourselves into situations where we're hitting shots that we're really not up to hitting. We really just don't have the skill set to hit those shots. So if you find a pin that's tucked behind a sand trap or beyond water, do not go at those pins. Hit it to the middle of the green and take a putt at it. Research has shown that amateurs will score far better if they go to the middle of the green than if they're always pin-seeking. It's just because we don't have the skill set to go at pins all the time. So if you're hitting anything above, a, say like a nine iron, please don't go at a pin. Just put it to the middle of the green and try to catch lightning in a bottle and, and make the putt for birdie or two putt and get out of there with your par. Those aren't your scoring clubs, right? Eight, seven, six, five, four. Those aren't your scoring clubs. This is just about getting from the, the fairway down in three. That's the goal. Your score will improve if you employ this strategy and pick a target that's in the middle of the green. Okay, now if you've got a wedge, it's a little bit different. If you're precise and you trust your yardages with your wedges, now we've got a little more freedom. The ball's coming in high, it's coming in soft, it's gonna land on the green, it's gonna hold, hopefully. If our grooves are good and we're hitting a decent golf ball, it should hold. And, and the greens aren't rock solid hard, say at a US Open or a British Open. This is our opportunity to score. So now we can choose a, a, a target that's a little more aggressive, but let's not get crazy. Let's, let's pick a target that's safe and gives us a 10, 15 footer. If it's tucked behind a, a sand trap, can we pick just the left or the right edge of the sand trap and go over? Just to make sure that we're staying, keeping it safe and then put a good swing on it. It's also, if you choose a target that is safe, it's amazing how much more freely you will be able to swing. You won't have to worry about the sand trap. You won't have those negative thoughts coming in about the sand trap. You will pick a spot that is safe in the middle of the green or between the middle of the green and the pin, and you will hit to that spot and have a putt at it. You will swing better if you take the trouble out of the mental exercise of choosing a target. Now, chipping. Our target for chipping is never the hole. And I see a lot of amateurs make this mistake where they, they look at the hole and they think about trying to stop the ball near the hole. 
that's great when you're planning out the shot, but ultimately plan from the whole back and then pick a spot where you know you are going to put on the ball a, enough momentum to land on that spot and then release to the hole. But you need to pick a spot. I used to just pick a circle that I would try to land the ball within. That's not as precise. Literally pick a spot on the green where you want the ball to land and plan it out. This forces you to think about speed. This forces you to think about break. Pick a spot where the ball can land, then release and go to the hole and so you can just tap it in, right? Or make it. So from the pin back, you pick a spot and then you pick the club that makes it easiest for you to hit that spot. It may be a pitching wedge. It may be your 60 degree. If you've got a, a downhill chip or a uphill chip, you want to make sure that you pick a spot and use a club that you can deliver that ball to that spot and let it release to the hole. And you choose this by what is the absolute, what are you most confident in? Are you confident if you hit that spot, it will make it to the hole? Whatever that spot is, that's what you want to choose a club and make sure you deliver the ball to that spot. Trust yourself. It's amazing to me how wonderfully we can perform when we're trying to do tasks that we're not thinking about. As an exercise, if any of you are just sitting around in a room and you've got a golf ball near you, take a ball and toss it underhand into the air so it lands on the ground and then releases and rolls up to the wall across the room and just let it happen. It's amazing how we know just how to calculate how much energy we need to transmit to the ball to toss it underhand, have it land on the ground. We, we even compute if it's shag or if it's a hardwood surface or whatever. All of the, all those difficult computations are done instantly in our head. You toss the ball underhand, it will land on the ground and release and come somewhere near the wall. Now it may hit it a little hard, or little, but it's amazing to me that, that you can get close. We don't need to worry about technique, nothing. We need to trust, trust our own natural ability to know how much velocity we need to deliver to a ball to make it end up somewhere where we want it to end up and trust it. And so as you're figuring out the point where you want the ball to land, that's what's in your mind. Picture how this ball will land and react to the green and get there. If it's uphill, all of that. Take that into consideration, choose your spot, and then choose a club that delivers the ball to that spot and gives it the energy it needs to release to the hole. It is, a, it is amazing how well you can chip if you have a specific spot. And it's amazing how much better your chipping will get in a very short time because you have feedback. You will know if the ball hits that spot or not. And very quickly, you will understand how much energy you need to deliver to a ball to make it land on certain spots. And as soon as you have that down, your chipping problems will go away. Uh, chipping yips, all of that become much less possible when you are definitive and know what your target is. And last for putting. I love, and I, I will put in a plug for Aimpoint right now. Aimpoint Express is a brilliant strategy is a brilliant exercise when you're trying to learn how to re-putt. And Aimpoint, many of you probably know it, it's essentially a system where you use your body to feel the green and you determine how many degrees the, the green is breaking and then you use your fingers to represent the degree of break and then you pick a spot. And that spot then becomes your target, whether you use Aimpoint Express, whether you use your own methodology, whatever. But the hole is never the target, unless you have a dead straight putt. 
or unless you have a very, very short putt. Rarely is the hole the target, but we need to take into consideration the break. We need to take into consideration the speed. That gives us the ability to choose a spot. Now, what I like to do when I'm putting is I actually have two targets. I actually do this when I'm playing golf as well. You pick an intermediate target. Jack Nicklaus taught us this. On the tee, you pick an intermediate target, you know, a couple feet in front of the ball, just to make sure that you're lining up on the target line and everything, your shoulders, all your body lines are square to the target line. That's an intermediate target. Well, I do that as well on the putting green. So I will read the putt. Um, I use Aimpoint Express a lot. I will get my spot with the number of fingers. I will calculate the speed by walking the putt and feeling the grade and get behind the putt. Now between my target that I've determined with Aimpoint Express, the degree of slope, I have my target out there where I will start the ball along that line. Then I will come back to the ball and I will choose a little spot or a blemish or something on the green that's just a couple balls in front of the ball. And that's where I will start the putt. And then before I take the putter head back, I will look at the hole. I will look at my target and know that the ball has to start at that target. I will follow then along the line that I want the ball to travel along and I let the putter go. I don't look at the ball when I putt. Anyway, hopefully that's helpful as far as choosing targets. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com. And we'll see you on the next episode.